the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Welcome to Heart of the City. I'm your host, Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry at KGNW. On this program, we highlight churches, nonprofit organizations, and ministries to hear stories of how God is doing amazing things in the Pacific Northwest. One of my greatest hopes for this program is to encourage you, the listener, to connect with these organizations so you can join in the great work happening right outside your door. Today, I'm honored to be joined by Pastor Alvin Curry in the studio here. He is the pastor of Pillar of Truth Community Bible Church in Burien, Washington, and host of Let the Truth Set You Free which airs Sundays at 7.30 a.m. on 8.20 a.m. The Word. It's so great to have you in the studio today, Pastor Alvin. Yeah, it's great to see you. Amen, and it's truly an honor, a pleasure, a privilege, and a blessing to be here with you, Brother Adrian. Yes, it's just uh, it's a lot of fun to have uh, folks in the studio, yes. and uh, you know we're just uh, blessed to have you come in, even to do your program. And so well, it's, it's a blessing to be here and to be used of of God to be on with you, uh, as well as the show that He has me do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let the truth set you free. Amen. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, our, I'm sure our listeners may know, but you've already been on Heart of the City. But for me, coming in new uh, as a uh, a director of local ministry, I wanted to bring you on the program and get to know you some more. Amen. And I, and I appreciate that, too, because it's been some time since I've been on Heart mm-hmm. of the City. Yes, I have been on here once before, but uh, to be on here again uh, and then with you and to, you know, get to know you even more is is a blessing. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know all my brothers in Christ, oh, amen. as well as my sisters. I know there's some <laughs> sisters out there listening. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, brother, I'd love to hear about your journey with Jesus and uh, how he brought you to where you are today. Amen, because you're so absolutely right there, uh, Brother Adrian. It was Jesus that brought me to sit where I'm sitting with you unto this morning, uh, this day. Um, My journey started um, a long time ago. Um, I'm going to say my journey started back when I was a kid. I'm looking back in retrospect, mind you, uh, because I didn't know God like I know God today. I didn't know the Lord like I know of the Lord today. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a child coming up, uh, mom t- uh, had this lady who, and her name was Miss Jackson. I want to call her by her name. She has uh, since moved on to glory, uh, her being a woman of God. But she would uh, pick us boys up uh, each morning and take us to church. And so I was brought up, if you will, in the church. Uh, but uh, my body was in there. But my mind was somewhere else. <laughs> uh, it was just uh, something that I thought that we did. And um, to me, it was uh, when you got to be a certain age and you didn't have to do that anymore uh, because mama never went to church. Hmm. But she sent us boys to church. And so I said, well, I guess when you become adult, then you don't have to do that. But uh, my, my uh, 
uh, turning from church uh, didn't uh, happen when I became an adult. It happened even when I became a teenager. But uh, again, like I was saying, I, I believe that my journey started even then, because when I look back in retrospect, God truly had his hand on my life. I remember wanting to go to this uh, other school because uh, the neighborhood that we came up in, we came up in the projects. Uh, it's, it's called uh, High Point, uh, and it's, it's a new High Point today. But back in that time in the 60s coming up, it was uh, it was something different than what it is today. I uh, became a teenager. I'm just going to fast forward a little bit because this is more when I could really uh, articulate how God, I know God had his hand on my life because I got involved in, uh, I played sports. Uh, I was pretty fair at sports and uh, uh, played on the uh, varsity team and all of that. But uh, I got caught up in drugs then in mm-hmm. um, in uh, high school uh, at 16. I started using marijuana. And uh, uh, my father passed in 88. I graduated in 79. And so I, I went on to college. I had a scholarship to go over to Olympia, mm-hmm. Olympic College. So I played uh, a year of football there. And then I decided that uh, football wasn't for me. I wasn't going to get any bigger uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or anything. So it was like, uh, no, I think I'll just go academic. And so I, I went academic. So. I, I had a little bit of a head on my shoulders and knowing that you should go to school, get educated and that type of thing, but still wasn't interested in that uh, Jesus stuff. I knew of other people who, you know, went to church and mm-hmm. that type of thing. So I went on to college. Uh, I came back t- uh, from Olympic College over here to uh, South Seattle Community College and went on and got my AA degree and and, and, and all of that in 82 and became a program assistant and uh, all of that. And then tragedy hit home. Hmm. because my father died in 88 and I went from using marijuana to using crack cocaine Mm -hmm. and me and my father were like two peas in a pot Mm -hmm. you know when you seen my father you seen me and when you seen me you seen my father and so turning to crack cocaine was something else Uh, I was uh, on a whirlwind Hmm. going downward yeah and uh in 92 that happened in 88 but in uh 1992 is when i found myself in king county jail mm-hmm. i had committed a crime uh the uh, assault one was the initial charge and then, then they reduced it to an assault two mm-hmm. and uh i i did uh six months uh, and in that, uh, well, I was charged with uh, doing six months. But in that time, uh, this is the good part, because in that time, uh, I knew of Christ, remember, having yeah, gone to church. Yeah. So being in trouble, Adrian, uh, and then knowing <laughs> of Christ, I turned to him. Yes. And so uh-huh. I grabbed that New Testament Bible that they had there in mm-hmm. the jail, and I started reading that word. And uh, t- this this is my experience. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready <laughs> to talk about an experience that uh, some people may not uh believe but this is my experience yeah yeah um there was a guy in there and he said do you really want to know the truth do you really want to know the word of god because he seen me reading the bible and spending time in the word and i said well yeah that's why i'm reading the word and then he says no do you truly want to know christ Hmm. and not just uh read the word and pray and ask god to get you out of this situation and so i said yes and uh he helped me to read the word and to study the word while I was in there. 
Uh, this was before I got sentenced. And so they moved me to another wing. And when they moved me to the other wing, I kited him. And the officer said, there's there's no one here in, in the jail with that name. Hmm. Wow. I was like, excuse me? I said, I just left from the ninth floor to this floor, I yeah. said. And he was in the cell. I said, um, can you send another kite? So I sent another kite. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wasn't there. But wow. I believe that <laughs> <laughs> wow. for me, that was my experience. I, yeah. I believe I had an, an experience with an angel uh, mm. because from that point forward, I stayed in the word. So that's when wow. I truly gave my life to the Lord in 1992. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's two selves. I'll share an alvinism with you uh, if I can. <laughs> Uh, I said there's two self. There's uh, the the left self, S-E-L-F, that's stubbornly existing, living foolishly. And then there's the right self, that's spiritually evolving, living faithfully. Mm-hmm. And I share that with you because even though I gave myself to Christ in 92, when I got out after doing that four months, got char- sentenced to six months, did four months, got out, I... Uh, played with the idea of being able to go back to some of the places that I had yeah. used to been mm-hmm. and that type of thing. And so I played, uh, if you will, uh, with my uh, salvation, mm-hmm. uh, going here and there and doing this and that. Mm. And so it took three years. So in 1995, I finally submitted, surrendered, and yielded my life mm-hmm. to Christ. Wow, it's just amazing. Uh, I can... You know, I grew up Catholic, and okay. I, I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. Yes. And I had a, a, a really rebellious youth as well. Okay. And uh, and I could look back and see how God had protected me some from some really difficult and troubling oh, yes. circumstances. And even your story, all I can think of is how merciful God is, mm, <laughs> you know, yes, and how much yes. how much grace and mercy and love He shows to us. Yes, that even while, as the scriptures say, even while we're yet sinners, you know, He died for us. Amen. So, brother, that's an amazing story. Yeah, <laughs> and as you're sharing and talking with me, uh, I'm just flashing in my mind's eye some of the uh, traumatizing and traumatic. Mm. things that took place that that I left out in my story you know uh I can remember being shot at mm. uh, and, be, and and that came to remembrance just now when you talked about his grace yeah. when you talked about his mercy yeah uh, I I know grace today uh being uh my getting what I don't deserve and I know mercy today as me not getting what I do deserve mm-hmm. because there was a host of things that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then grace and mercy. And so blessings for me today is my getting a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so how did how then did you uh, kind of come to be to be a minister of the word? Yeah. What's the, what yeah, happened next? Yeah. So then what happened, brother Adrian? Is um, I did my little stint in uh, in the, in the county jail, and when I got out, I uh, got back into church. I went. I got back into church. And uh, after those three years, again, from 92 to 95, I kind of played with it. But then in 95, I surrendered and I got into church. And um, this particular pastor in Tacoma, you know, he said, um, why are you running from your calling? And I said, huh? And he said, why are you running from your calling? Because I'm uh, at that time, they called us uh, chemical dependencies professionals. And so I became a chemical dependency counselor. And so 
he heard me teaching groups, and I had no idea that he was listening to me teach groups. Mm. And I knew that he was a pastor, but, I, you know, that was, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he says, uh, yeah, you're running from your calling. And I said, um, he said, you've been called to preach. Hmm. And I said, and I was into the word. So I said, uh, no, I said, I believe God has called me to teach. He hasn't called me to preach. And then he said, well, don't answer me right now. I want you to think about it. And I said, well, what's that? And he said, what's the difference between preaching and teaching? And so I went home and, you know, with my smart self, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to look these two words up and see what the difference is. And lo and behold, preach means to teach. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's what sprung me into uh the idea that I possibly was running from my calling and maybe God did call me to preach. And so what I share with you, Brother Adrian, is I see myself, I am a pastor, I, I, I do preach, but I see myself more as a teacher preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And in my mind's eye, there's some pastors that are more preachy teachers than they are Yes. Preacher, preacher. Yes, I know what you mean. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's two yeah. sides of the same coin. Yes, you know, yeah, it depends yeah, there you on, go. Yeah, where, where it flips. <laughs> right. And so that um so he had a church, of course, and so I started attending his church and then he had me join the pastor's classes. And so I joined the pastor's classes and uh then um he uh got um, involved with a, a seminary school, uh, United Theological Seminary. And um, he told me that I probably should um, get involved with that. But let me back up just for a second. Go, tra- uh, commuting back and forth to Tacoma uh, wasn't working anymore. And so what I did is I started going to the, the local church. And in the midst of that, uh, the pastor there uh, of the local church uh, elevated me to an elder. And so I'm like, wow, okay. And then the elders have to be able to mm-hmm. preach. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so then uh, the pastor there uh, got cancer. And when he had gotten cancer, he was going to close the church. And he, and at that time, there was another elder. Uh, he and the other elder and I, we got together and we met. And he uh, said he was going to close the church. And I said, excuse me, Pastor, you you can't close God's church. This isn't your church to close. Mm -hmm. I said, and then at the same time, uh, we owe it to the congregants to help them to find another church if that's what's going to happen, that Mm -hmm. God closes the church. And so he said, that makes sense. And uh, the the elder said, yeah, that makes sense. And so... We, uh, because of his cancer and his not being able to preach and teach, uh, Elder Elder Homer is his name. Elder Homer and I alternated mm-hmm. every other Sunday. I preach and then he preached, and uh, as we were uh, helping the congregants to find another church, but nobody left. Mm-hmm. Everybody just kept coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in that, uh, and then one of the congregants said, "Hey, maybe we ought to uh, get a consulting pastor to come and to help you and the elder." Uh, with the church. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and uh, Pastor Lonnie, uh, a consulting pastor, came down from Tacoma, and he'd come down the first Sunday, and we would meet and everything. And then I didn't know, I'm trying to speed it up a little bit, I didn't know 
that him and Elder Homer had talked with my pastor, uh, my spiritual father, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Bishop now, yeah. Bishop John L. Castillo uh, mm-hmm. in Tacoma, uh, Lamb of God Church. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that they had talked and everything. And so we used to meet, like I said, at least once a month, and we were going out to breakfast. And uh, Pastor Lonnie goes, uh, uh, Alvin, he goes, uh, you want to be the pastor of the uh, Pillar of Truth Church? Because it was called the Pillar of Truth at that time. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, oh, no, uh-uh, no. I said, uh, Elder Homer uh, needs to be the pastor. Hmm. Uh, he he can be the pastor. And he says, uh, well, Elder and Homer and I have been talking, mm-hmm. and we've been talking to your pastor, and uh, we're believing God is calling you to pastor this church. Wow. Uh, you may You may want to pray on it. Mm-hmm. And of course, wanting to be obedient to God, I did. I I sincerely prayed on mm-hmm. if this is your will, God. If this is truly what you want me to do, if you're assigning me to pastor this church, yeah, then your will be done. Mm-hmm. And that's how I became the pastor of the church. And then I went, and in the midst of that, I went back and was consulting with uh, one of the elders from the other church that I was an elder at. Mm-hmm. That was Community Bible Fellowship. His name is Jim Shedd. And Jim said, he says, uh, Pastor Alvin, he says, you um, do have some spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. He says, but one of the things you'll want to do, because at, at, at this time, I'm, I'm just spirit-led. Mm-hmm. And so at this time, he says, you'll want to go to school and get some credentials mm. because you'll be more respected and uh, people will take you more for the word when you have those credentials behind your name. Hmm. And so uh, I said, okay, because I'm wondering why I needed to really do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I'm teaching the word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then God revealed to me that it wasn't going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went to school. I went to uh, United Theological Seminary and got my BA in uh, theology and then I uh, continued on and got my master's in theology mm-hmm. and Dr. Pastor Michael A. Perter, as I mm-hmm. call him, uh, he's the executive director of the extension of the United Theological Seminary mm-hmm. School, asked me if I wanted to be one of the professors and come and start teaching some classes there. And so now I'm also one of the professors at the uh, United Theological Seminary uh, wow. uh, Tacoma Extension. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love how, how when you're sharing your story, you're you're really sharing a story of submitting. You're submitting yourself to the will of God. Yeah. Uh, could you share a little more about that, um, what that looks like for you in your life? What that looks like for me in my life is uh, the Word itself. One of my favorite scripture verses is Galatians 2.20. Yes. And he, uh, Paul eloquently pens, he says, I have been crucified. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. Mm-hmm. And so to share some more uh, in reference to how does that walk out in my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I do that to people. I say, well, you need to put feet to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What, what does that look like? So what does it look like me submitting more? It, it looks like me uh, doing, and I just have to use the word today. It looks like me doing a John 3.30 mm-hmm. and uh, my decreasing and his increasing. Yeah. 
And, you know, and, and theologically speaking, uh, I don't want people to don't think I don't <laughs> know what <laughs> John was talking about there because he was baptizing people and they were going to Christ. And so, mm-hmm. he was saying, but I don't think I'm uh, blasphemy in the word of God by saying I, too, having the Holy Spirit abiding in me need to decrease and allow the spirit to increase Mm -hmm. so to fully answer your question uh, i think that's what submission looks like to me i'm a work in process well i wanted to ask you a a, a question yes just in your years of uh being a pastor and and like you said leading others uh, what's been the greatest challenge for you over the years i believe the greatest challenge that uh i've seen over the years is my accepting the truth having to be revealed. I, I, I preach it, I, I teach it, and then I still struggle sometimes with continuing to have acceptance that that's the truth. Hmm. That's That's been my biggest struggle because uh, my desire today, Brother Adrian, is God's desire, mm-hmm. as he talks about in the scriptures, that his desire is that all would come to the true saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's my biggest struggle, uh, not uh, attempting to shake the truth into somebody yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, beat the truth in them with the word of God, mind you, not yeah. uh, not my hands. I learned from that uh, altercation <laughs> yeah. back in '92. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's 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 still my my biggest challenge today. Uh, it's not um, coming up with a wor- a word to share on Sundays. It's not uh, ministering to uh, the congregants in. Uh, my pastoring, uh, if someone passes in a family or, or any of those other pastoral things that, that take place, it's mm-hmm. just my continuing to have acceptance with truth has to be revealed. Yeah. Uh, and the analogy I give you real quick is it's like I have grandchildren. And so uh, I have uh, this five-year-old granddaughter, and then I have this other five-year-old granddaughter. And so I gave one four quarters, and I gave one a green dollar. And the one who I gave the green dollar said, Grandpa, why you give her more money than you gave me? <laughs> and I was like, huh? <laughs> and I said, I gave you all the same thing. I gave you all a dollar. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a dollar. That's all that is, is a dollar. No, she got four quarters. <laughs> 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 and so, and and, yeah. and 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 that's when God gave me that revelation that I just shared with you, my greatest struggle. Yeah. That's the greatest struggle I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is uh, truth having to be revealed. Yes, and truth remains the same. I think that that's the thing, too. The same scriptures, you, you quoted um, Galatians 2.20. Yes. That was one of the verses that the Lord you know, brought to me when I, oh, when amen. I came, yeah, amen. when I came to know him, yeah. it, it was Galatians 2.20. Okay. And so it, it's amazing that years and <laughs> geography and all right. those things separate us, but the truth is the same. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. Amen. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I, and I believe that's what brings us together. Yeah. Uh, and that's been, um, uh, uh, easy thing, uh, f- uh that God has, uh, made for me. And, and that is being able to just, uh, uh, it's that koinonia, I know, mm-hmm. theologically speaking, mm-hmm. uh, to have that relationship that I'm I'm seeing us have here yeah, uh-huh. until today. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to ask you, you know, if you wanted to share just one word of encouragement uh, to the pastors and ministers um, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, what would you want to share, you know, to, to those folks that are just serving people uh, day in and day out, ministering the Word of God? Uh, how would you encourage them? 
I would encourage them, if I had to use one word, I would use the word faith. Keep mm-hmm. faithing it. Mm-hmm. Keep faithing it. I have an Alvinism for faith, F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I trust him. Mm-hmm. Facing an inner truth heals. Yeah. 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 Those are those are my so that would be my encouraging word to uh pastors uh or uh lay people in the body of Christ. Just keep faith in it. Yeah. Just keep forsaking all and trust him because he's faithful even in the midst of our unfaithfulness. Yes, yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, if you're in the Burien area, I'd highly recommend that you reach out to Pillar of Truth Church. You can go to pillaroftruthchurch.com. That's pillaroftruthchurch.com to get in touch with Pastor Alvin. And be sure to tune in to Let the Truth Set You Free, which airs Sunday at 7.30 a.m. on 8.20 a.m. The Word. Thank you so much, brother, for coming in the studio, and it's great to talk with you. We'll have brother to have Adrian. you. We'll have to have you come back. Yes, please, uh, brother Adrian. I love being here with you until today, and I will look forward to an opportunity to come back if uh, the Lord willing to present Himself. Amen. Amen, brother. Bless you. Blessings. You've been listening to this 8:20 a.m. The Word Special Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, go to thewordseattle.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.